You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM. 0614-104-107 and your tweets at Aldrin Simpia. You can also drop me a call on 086-000-2032 in conversation next with the political analyst Asanda Nwashing. The Economic Freedom Fighters hosted a successful 10-year anniversary um, celebration this past weekend. The party uh, filled the FNB Stadium that takes over 90,000 people. The celebration was attended by leaders from other political parties as well as supporters from other countries. A party leader, Julius Malema, gave an electrifying speech that stunned crowds as he ended it with a microphone drop while being elevated on a red platform. The, he promised an uh, efficient government should his party be voted into leadership and uh, took a swipe at both the President Cyril Ramaphosa and uh, Gauteng Premier Banyazali Sufi to reflect on this weekend's event and the kind of response it has received. Um, Asanda Washing now joining us on the line. Asanda, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. What do you think of the moment that uh, Julius Malema actually took to the podium and how full FNB Stadium was at that time. Good afternoon and thank you so much for having me. So I've been thinking quite a bit about, um, you know, the the whole day, but also in particular that stance where he, he took to the podium and did, you know, the salute. And what concerns me about it is that, you know, this is a man who started off talking about how the party came out of conversations with minors who had been victims of Marikana, wanting to engage with a leadership that was with the people, of the people, and on the same level as the people. And so it was quite fascinating to me because in my other life, I'm also a media a, a media and communications consultant and I do a lot of work and thinking around, mm. um, you know, messaging. And from a political communications perspective, it's quite fascinating. What was he saying or what is the message that was being said? You've got him standing on the podium, which is elevating himself above everybody else that he's supposed to lead. And then secondly, you've got him in the salute. I think it's quite interesting, the salute. It's not uh, it's not a, a fist up on your side, which is the usual kind of uh, black power, you know, stance. He's got it quite at an angle, which is reminiscent of a Hitler-esque, Stalinist type of stance, which is quite concerning in a country that, uh, you know, is coming from a fascist government during apartheid. Um, and I think to me, this this kind of reminded me that Malema kind of styles himself as the big man of Africa, which is quite an old style of, of, of politics and quite an old style of engaging with the people that uh, harks back to, you know, kind of homeland leaders and, uh, you know, and, and, and big, big kind of d- big dictators, essentially, and also just leaders in general, political leaders in Africa. And we are in an era now where everybody globally is trying to move away from that kind of leadership. We see leaders across the country doing things like like using public transport, doing things like cutting down on bodyguards, doing things like staying in the same house that they were in before they were elected in order to show that they are one of the people and that they want to live a life that helps them to understand the needs and the issues that the people have rather than to be elevated and be above the people. And so what confuses me about this kind of stance that I'm, I'm talking about and really makes me sad is that on the other hand, you then have the same Malema who is all about black pride, who is all about being a man of the people and who is all about kind of 
bringing what I don't think is actually radical in an African country where the majority is black, but apparently in South Africa, it's radical politics. And so you've got this guy who has this amazing kind of ideology that many people um, have an affinity to, irrespective of class. And then on the other hand, you've got this guy who wants to be elevated and be above the same people. And it speaks to kind of the duplicity of Jules Malema, the figure vis-a-vis uh, the EFF as a political party and its ideology. And it also speaks to the conundrum of succession, which hasn't happened because who do you, who do people know who is likely to lead? Should Malema die today? Who is likely to be the leader of the EFF? Has anybody been groomed? And will this political party or would the political party survive him? And those are very important questions to go into because once you finish the 10th year, right, it's, 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 it's powerful. It's amazing that they've reached this this level. But this is, you know, after 10 years, you have to get to a new level of politics. Yeah. And this new level of politics requires a political party that can survive irrespective of who is in leadership. And I mean, the ANC is not necessarily the best example, but the ANC has survived to some extent, one can argue, has survived bad leadership like Jacob Zuma. Yep. you know, and has tried to rebrand itself. And the question that I have is if we are in a democracy, if we are moving away from this big man of Africa um, and we are trying to be more democratic such that there is a political party and then there are individuals in that political party, is the EFF a political party that can survive Malema? And why don't we find it a problem that the political party is so wrapped up around one man? Yeah. And one man's kind of ideologogness, ide if I can put it like that. So, so one of the points that you just raised now about uh, Stalingrad as well as, as, as Hitler, and I was looking at uh, Julius Malema's picture as well, he does clinch his fist. Um, and with Hitler, for instance, you have the open arm, the open palm rather, mm. um, that, that, that is mm. pointing. But why for you is that reminiscent of a Hitler or a Stalingrad, um, even though he it's, has his it's, fist it's, in the air? It's all about the, the angle of the hand. It's about the fact that he's elevated above the people because the Hitlers, the Mussolinis and all of these fascist people were really about being elevated above. And, and they saw people as uh, kind of followers that needed to get marching orders. And if you think about even how the EFF kind of engages itself, fighters, and there's a commander. So there's a very clear hierarchy in place. And, and that platform very firmly communicates the hierarchy that he is the man at the top and he is the man above everybody else and must be recognized and seen as that. And I, and I also find that, I also find it quite problematic from a perspective of even when we go to the ideology of the EFF, that the ideology of the EFF is pro-black, is about black pride, which is important and quite powerful in South Africa. Mm. However, the same EFF goes and, uh, and partners with the DA and works works with the DA and rubber stamps DA policies, even though the DAs, they, they, they claim to be non-racial, they claim to be colorblind, they say that, you know, race has no bearing in how they build their yeah. policies, which means they don't recognize apartheid as something that needs redress and something
something that needs us to engage uh, about how we're going to do redress but the EFF partners and is able to work with these guys on the other hand there's talk of them going into a coalition post 2024 with the ANC which we know you know and people have even direct tweeted uh, Julius Malema on this on Twitter to say oh well it's not Twitter anymore but on the former yep. Twitter to say that I voted for the EFF because I wanted to challenge I needed the ANC to have strong opposition I needed the ANC to be challenged and here you are now talking about joining the ANC and swelling the ranks of the ANC and basically saying that you know we are rem- we are voting for you in order to decrease the power of the ANC and so when you lend your voice when you lend your vote and you talk about a post 2024 kind of coalition governance what you are doing is you are strengthening the very thing that we are giving you a mandate to weaken yeah um just a quick final one is on the question about what the party would become over the next past over the next uh, 10 years um i was looking at 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 the event and i was saying that when the party was started some of the people on the podium were very young at the time some in the 20s uh, some in the 30s and now very well into their 40s so they are actually becoming part of our elders um uh, to put it frankly is um does the party then remove itself from being the so-called labeled young party to a different type of party? Well, I mean, I think that you know the the EFF if you had to ask them that question they would say of course they are not they they are the representative of their youth and they are liked by their youth but i think that uh, they themselves don't always read their numbers properly because from my research quite a lot of the people that voted for them uh you know in in the last two elections voted for them because in the last sort of previous elections before Siramaposa voted for them because they wanted Zuma out and they knew that Julius Malema was going to agitate such that Zuma could eventually be out and these people were mainly middle yep. class black people and not necessarily the people on the ground that he seems to think are his constituency and i think also when it comes to the youth young people have been talking about the issue of immigration and the impact of immigration on them and uh the Julius Malema has taken a pan africanist view which is not aligned with where south africans are rightfully or wrongfully and so that has that is going to cost him i think in the in the upcoming election okay. he on immigration legal or illegal unfortunately we've run out of time there asanda washing political analyst it's a minute after half past 4